Listen, son, to all the sons out there. You can be anything you want to be. Keep God first and love yourself, love your family, and chase your dreams. Welcome to the Listen, Son Podcast. Welcome to the Listen, Son Podcast. Uh, we're glad to see everybody back. Continuing come week in, week out um, to get this knowledge and just continue to support the mission and vision, which is to just grow the father-son relationship and show how important it is to have your father in the home. And, and hey, we got some good ones, man, uh, if you've been following along. Um, and we just we just want to thank everybody because it, it is uh, tremendous uh, to see and hear people that come on and just talk about their journey. So uh, getting into it, I want to thank my dad, Michael Bonsinger, for being here. Want to know, baby. I see you. Want to know. Yep, there we go. Yep, yep. Uh, Uncle Rick, I want to... I wanna, Throw, uh, throw up the deuces. Uncle Rick here. Happy belated birthday. You know, the thank viewers, you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. First time I've seen you, they, they couldn't tell you was a year older. Woo, man. I'll tell you, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And our special guest, man, Mr. Luis. Uh, thank you for being on here. Um, I appreciate you, guys. Some podcast. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. No problem. So, without further ado, Uncle Rick. Start us off, man, because we got we got some good stuff we got to get to, um, and I, and I know I'm interrupting some good basketball, so that's on me. Let's go ahead and get into it. That's all right, man. We'll take time out for you any day. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, welcome, uh, Mr. Luis Vargas. Um, welcome to uh, Listen Sons uh, Sports Spark uh, 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 Sport Podcast. Uh, we genuinely welcome you to uh, become uh, official. Uh, um, what I might want to say. Uh, uh, fraternity of the fathers. We, we love to welcome the strong uh, minority fathers on here so we can uh, express our feelings and share some of that love we do as family men. So I'm gonna get right to my question. Can you share with us about how you go about nurturing your son's dreams? So uh, it's a real good question. You know, I try to be as, as I guess as open as I can with my son and just to be, I, I guess even, I guess most supportive as I can with him. It's a, uh, you know, it's a lot of times you come up and then I think as a, as a kid, uh, you got these, these, these dreams and these ideas. And if you, if you're not careful, I think it's, it's easy for those to kind of fade away as you get a little bit older. So I try to keep that, like my son turning 13 or he just turned 13, uh, to try to keep that front of his mind, you know, that it's really possible for him to do anything that he want to do, but it's going to take, you know, depending on what it is that you want to do, it's going to take some, some work, uh, on your, on your behalf. Um, and there's going to be some things that I can help you out with. Uh, there's some things you're going to have to do by yourself. So, you know, if it's something he tells me he wants to do as far as, like, you know, his, his aspirations, uh, you know, when he gets older and he turns into an adult, you know, it's just, uh, for me it's my my role to try to help him as best as possible. Um, you know, I just don't want to – I don't want to give him the idea that he can't do anything, you know. I mean, he can do anything, but it's just going to require some work. Well done. Well said. And also, Louise, what was your biggest motiv motivator – to be a father, a motivation to be a father, I might say. Yeah, my, my biggest motivation, uh, I think from, from probably, I say from jump, is the, uh, the men I had in my life. So I'd say uh, first, first and foremost, probably my father. Uh, so I'm uh, Luis Vasquez Jr. Uh, so, you know, it was important to me, um, or it was like a very proud thing that my father named me after him and just seeing the bond that he had with my, my grandfather and then my uh, my cousins and then like their dad, but then my grandfather on my mom's side, Billy Lott, uh, you know, very strong, very uh, passionate about education, you know, and and these were the people who I learned how to take care of my kids and kind of model my uh, my parents and style after um, and and how, you know, I I am as you know a head of a family. Okay, I owe you an apology. I said Vargas instead of Vasquez. Yeah, I'll never, never mess up a, a, a man's last name because that, that's what continues on. And my but, apologies. Uh, no, I, I owe you a big I apology. I heard it, you know, it's, uh, I get Velasquez. I get people ask me, do I help out with, you know, do I got a part in Velasquez mufflers uh, and everything? So, yeah, I get I get a, a, a lot. I knew it was probably. Hey, came I, I want to make sure our listeners and our, and our fan base know I can read. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, looking at something, then something else come out, I'm like, hold up, I'm not going to interrupt him right away, brother, correct me. Right, right. right. So, so I'm, I'm going to bow out by saying one more, ask you one more question, then I'm going to pass on to Big Mike. 
sports-wise, we're, we're talking genuinely about you being a dad, but are you involved in any kind of sports when you were younger or you, you, you got any influence on your kids? Or even with the girls, when they get older, uh, are you going to push them into sports? Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> this one, and this, I mean, this is a conversation. I've always had, like, candid conversations, especially with my son. But so for me, I played basketball uh, coming up, you know, elementary school, middle school. And then it was just a point where I, I say, like, when I describe this to my son, just to make sure he knows it's different, is that I didn't get the development that I'm giving him now. So I've had him playing uh, peewee football since he was six years old. So he was peewee uh, juniors. I think to this he's a major, but this is the first year he hadn't played. I mean, COVID kind of played a big part in that. But this year, instead of doing that, he did a lot more basketball, AAU stuff. So it was important – for me to get him into some of the stuff. Cause for a while he, he's five years older than my twins. He was the only child. Um, so this was a way for me to get him to interact with other kids, but you know, sports teach you so many different things though. It's not just how to play the game. It's a lot of about discipline. You know, it's a lot of stuff that you camaraderie with your teammates, uh, how you deal with certain stuff and how you come overcome adversity and things like that. So it was extremely important for me to put him in, in the sports, but then it was important for me to help him develop his game where I felt like it, that was maybe an opportunity for my parents to push me, have me a little bit more structure when it came to this and made sure that there was some like regiment to it. So I think when I started off with him, I started off like, you know, I didn't want to force him to do anything. I think that was my mom's biggest thing with me when I played basketball was that I, I played for my dad or I was, you know, trying to, I, I wanted to impress him so bad. So I laxed, I was kind of relaxed on him for a while. And then I told him, listen, if you want to take your game to the next level, it's a lot of kids that's going to be on there. You're not going to be able to walk into a basketball team when you get to high school and stuff. So it's going to take some work, you know, and, you know, thank God I got a lot of people who I grew up with, who I associate with and, and maybe done business with who do, um, you know, basketball, football trainings. My twins, though, yeah, they're both different. They're twins, but they're completely different. One daughter is for sure, you know, gymnast and – cheerleader kind of deal and one is mm -hmm. I want to be soccer and then uh, you know if I was my if my brother was my age I could beat him at basketball you know so McKenzie and Madison are <laughs> completely different they're super competitive no matter what so you know yeah they I'm gonna I'm a push them in whichever direction they want to but once they find it uh, I'm letting them know though you know I can't I can't let up on you because it's not gonna be easy for you to you know to take whatever leaps you want to do all right very well said and I'll pass it on right to Michael Bond senior thank you I want to I want to thank you I want to uh, give you credit too for just acknowledging like what sports does besides get you to that next level you know what I'm saying like right. every you know it's not always about you know getting to the NBA or whatever because what it, it has taught me before I even got into the workforce that life is very competitive, you know, very. It's, it's very competitive. And, and, you know, once you get past those participation leagues and it's all about minutes and it's all yep. about exposure, you know, that's really what life is too. You know, it's about yep. who grinding the hardest and who, who not, you know, waiting for opportunities to come to them, who putting in the work. So I'm glad yep. you, you talked about that, man. That's very important, but go ahead, pop. I'm sorry. Right, right, no, no, real quick too. Cause I, I know it, it'll probably jump to it, but that, that is me. It was so important for me. Like, well, me and my wife did not agree, uh, like, on that stance at all, especially, like, if it's participation. I understand there's a lot of kids who probably grow up and feel a certain way if they have, if they're not awarded for just, like, the participation aspect of it. Um, but we would have discussions about it, like, well, I feel like he should get more playing time. I'm going to talk to the coach. I'm not talking to the coach. And I told her, listen, we talk to the coach, it's going to be, how can I get better? It's not going to be that I want to go in the game and them not conversations that I told him since he was 10 years old them not conversations that I need to have all the time if you really want to get better you'll ask your coach how to get better and then he'll see you he'll see the work if you're not putting the work in because it's not going to happen that participation stuff even if it is you know you, we got to play all the kids that that change when you get to these places where it's really high competitiveness and if this is what you want if you want to do it to have fun I'm okay with that then I know how to you know I can I can kind of gauge your interest that way and Make sure I develop you that way. If you want to do this seriously, you're not. That's not going to be enough for you. It's not going to be enough for you to get that little bit of, you know, participation time. And I just, I'm happy that I was just out there. You want to win, you know. You want to go out there and do so. Uh, this was, yeah, this was definitely a discussion me and my wife had. I, I'm not going to no coach and telling them you should play my son if he's not playing. I mean, he, ain't, you know, he's not doing what he needs to do to to get out there as much as he wants to. So once that started changing and that clicked in his mind. 
he like it feel good to win. You know, you don't you don't like being on the sideline. You know, and when you feel like you could be contributing. Yes, sir. Absolutely, Luis. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How's it going? All right. Thanks for uh, joining the Listen Sound podcast. We appreciate you. Oh, thank and, you guys. Yeah, we have done business with you as well. My question is more to the business aspect of it, uh, building a brand and becoming an entrepreneur. You know, where did that come from? That would, I, I say it is, it is probably more uh, of my, my wife. So she was and still is just, uh, you know, kind of there's some individuals who, who just, you know, no matter what, where you put them at, it's just like, you know what, I could, you know, I want to be my own boss and, you know, make this stuff happen for myself. And uh, that was, that was what she kind of did. Me, I was more, I could kind of do, you know, things here and there. Uh, but I've told people this my whole time, like the only job I ever worried about, <laughs> it's funny, I mean, this is it's good because of the show, but being a dad was my only concern, was my only job that I even cared about. Anything else, you know, my dad worked, my grandfather worked uh, to be able to provide. And, and in my eyes, that was, you know, as long as I could provide, you know, you can kind of deal, you're going to kind of deal with the job. You want to find something that you like or whatever, but I just wanted to be able to provide. And then little by little, you start finding things. And I read places where, you know, if you find something that you you love to do, uh, it's something like if you find something you love to do, then you'll never work a day in your life. You know, you you can do this and make money doing that, then it'll never feel like work. So little by little, I, you know, I wanted to start a t-shirt line and uh, kind of on par like I do everything else. I, uh, I kind of want to learn how it's done. So anything, I guess, that I do, car stuff, uh, sport, anything, I just want to learn about it. And I end up learning and deciding, like, you know what? Instead of paying somebody to do this for me, I can do it myself. And then that eventually turned into, you know, individuals asking me to do stuff for them and then getting better and trying to, you know, grow my business until uh, I think today, make probably like a month and a half where I've quit uh, – I've left my corporate job uh, to do to do this full time. Great, great. With the pandemic, uh, it was a lot of adjustments for everyone. So, how did that affect your you all's business, you and your wife? That one, uh, you know, surprisingly, it was one of those things where mine. It was one of the determining, like one of the factors where I said, okay, during this business wise, like if I looked at the numbers. I probably had made more money during COVID than I had made at like over like a certain a certain stretch of time, like most consistently. And I don't know if it was because everything was closed or what, you know, for a lot of the stuff that I do, it's like a one man crew. So I don't have to worry about sending employees home and, uh, you know, not being able to have people work. It's just me inside a room. I'm taking orders most times, you know, digitally anyway. And it, 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 you know, it began to like blossom into something else and, and get a little bit more to where I, I was blessed enough to where the job I was working, I was able to work from home. And I thought like, okay, good. This means that I can work from home. I'm going to still be able to go to print. I can make this happen. And every year it just got worse and worse. And then during COVID, I was just slammed with, with orders, like nonstop almost. And even though I was home during the day, I was actually working during the day and leaving home, printing all night. And, uh, one day I woke up and I just said, like, I think, you know, I think this might be, it might be that time for me to kind of jump out on the limb and just see if I can make this work. So, you know, it was, it, it's, it's been a, a, a crazy time, I think, for the world, but it's been, uh, you know, some, some gems that, that came out of there as well. Yeah, you, you know, I, I have, this is about the third time I have heard that, that uh, COVID actually helped, you know, a few businesses, you know, so yeah. that's why I want, I want to know that as well. With everything going on, man, um, your son is 13, and um, as a father, with the crisis we're going through with the police and all the Black Lives Matter, what kind of conversations have you sat out and discussed with your son, if any? Really, like, yeah, no, uh, yeah, this uh, this one, I think even prior, uh, we've had a lot of conversations. It's extremely important. I mean, these are conversations that I've had with, you know, my grandfather, my dad is Puerto Rican. I've had to have these conversations with him because, you know, unfortunately where we, you know, in the, in, in the place that we are, you know, they, a, a lot of us will be bunched in together. So um, it's the conversations I've had with him is that I, I've made sure he understands like that he's growing up and he's a, he's a black man, you know, and it's, uh, it's going to be some things that you're going to deal with that, you know, your white counterparts are not going to have to deal with, you know, unfortunately. And they may not necessarily understand right away, 
but for him, I've, I've always wanted to be just open with him. I've been open with him about, you know, how I grew up and the differences and, and the why, you know, different than I felt like maybe I, you know, my parents were for me. I'm from West Line and, you know, for, you know, in, in Milwaukee, you know, for a long time, it, it, it probably wasn't the worst neighborhood, you know. So I've dealt with uh, a ton of, you know, a lot of crime. I got a lot of friends who grew up with me and, you know, some of us was fortunate enough to make it out. Uh, I got a lot of people I know who work the police, you know, who who work with the police, who are police officers, you know. So I've met bad police officers. I've met good ones. But for me, it's I want to make sure he understands how to conduct himself as a man. And that's been been probably the the biggest thing I've told him is no matter what, first you're a man, conduct yourself as a man. Uh, you you make sure you give individuals respect, but you're gonna demand respect as well. You do have to be careful. You have to know, like if you out. I don't, my, I, I, I am, I think the most proud of myself when it came to like when raising me and my wife, because my children are individuals. So it's not going, I'm not, I don't have a follower, you know, for a son. So if he, if it's a situation that he knows, like I probably shouldn't put myself in this, you know, he going to remove himself from that situation. And then he, he's, you know, articulate enough for him to be able to, to talk to and understand, you know, the situations, uh, you know, if he needs to deal with, uh, deal with the authorities and the police. And he knows, you know, unfortunately, some people might consider you a threat, you know, and when when you know you're not. And in those times, I need him to be, you know, calm and and, and collected and, and calculated enough. To, you know, we, we unfortunately, uh, with interactions with the police and, and authorities sometimes are just trying to make sure we survive and we are going home, you know, and we can save some of the battle for another time. You know, the, the main thing is making sure we can make it home. That's right. Uh, Luis, I, I appreciate you, man, and thanks for your success. And um, pass it on to my son. Appreciate you. Yeah, that's some, some nuggets you dropped. Not what I like about the entrepreneurship side is you guys are showing entrepreneurs, even young entrepreneurs, in my eyes, just how to do it. The game. I think about your business. I think about you know your wife's business, Shay, yep. Uncle Rick, Uncle Rick, daughter. Right. Y'all celebrate with each other. Y'all celebrate the victories and the ups and things like that. So from afar. I think y'all doing it the right way. Y'all just showing each other, hey man, all of us can eat. You know, we ain't got to hate on no what nobody got going on. So I really yeah, that's uh, I think uh, I think conversations that I've had with anybody, I think eventually lead to that point, which is, you know, we are uh, stereotyped a lot in Wisconsin or Milwaukee as kind of like that crab in a barrel uh, mentality, and um, you know, I it's it's just one of those things that it's just, it's probably the biggest stereotype that I'd love to break. I, I am extremely conscious, uh, conscientious of like where I spend my money and who I spend my money with. Uh, you know, excuse me. Um, I want to spend my money with individuals who look like me, who who have the same interests as me. And these people, you know, like we talk about, like Shay and everybody who have uh, businesses and boutiques, you know, and when my wife had hers and now back online, that these are, you know, stuff that they can share and and be able to uh, discuss certain business aspects without it being this kind of weird tension. Because uh, it's enough money for everybody to, you know, to eat. And then I think if we were to support ourselves and our own, we could help individuals develop. It doesn't always have to list. I, I know a couple of people who, who print. I know people who want to learn how to print. I've always been open to showing people. Uh, even when people don't understand, it's just because it's, you know, I can't take all the money myself, you know. I, Listen, all, I, I, sometimes I can't, and I'd rather give you somebody who can help you out or, you know, I, I don't know, but it's just one of those things. I, I think that come up a lot when we have conversations about businesses and entrepreneurship here, you know, so we always open to, you know, trying to help individuals, uh, I guess, reach whatever, whatever that goal is for them. And, you know, if it's something that I can show you or tell you, so you don't have to go through the same roadblocks as me, then I'm a, I'm a do that. Cause where we like where I, my mind frame is if, if like if this don't work i don't change i don't change the business i change the business plan i'm not set on like a certain way of doing things if it's a better way for me to do things i'm gonna do it that way and then i'm gonna tell you this didn't work for me when i tried it It might work for you but i'm gonna give you my honest you know my honest opinion my honest feedback and uh i think that's been able to carry me and keep me in business you know i Everything, everything level, I think customer service and then like that being that, that honesty and that integrity is what separate individuals. Got you. So is, at 13, is he is your son uh, too young to get the game? Are you kind of grooming him a little bit, you know, showing him what, you know, what it takes to, you know, be a businessman or to, to support your friends, what they got going on? Like, is there a little bit of that taking place? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We were we were on it right away. So, my, you know, my wife was with it right away, too. But like even like running the, the COVID stuff, too. So 
we've always had it where it's like, hey, you want to, I can, you can come with me to the shop and I'm in there late, you know, so on the weekend or something, he'll come in there and he might clean up, but he can heat press uh, when he wants to. He kind of designs some shirts here and there, but then get away from it. He, you know, he a kid, so he'll jump back and forth. But this year, and it was, it was probably a super proud moment for me just for him. So i like during the winter time, I had a couple of deals I made. I ended up getting like a dirt bike. He wanted a dirt bike. And I told him, you know, you old enough now, you cut my – I like my grass a certain way. So he could you can cut my grass, you can cut you can cut anybody grass. But let's see if you can make – you know, if you make up your money for this, you know, you give, you give me half the money for this bike and I'll give you the other half. And he got that money so fast cutting grass, I had to, I had to figure out how much grass he was cutting and what he was charging to cut grass. <laughs> I said, Boy, look. But, you know, yeah, he was hustling. He came back, him and his cousin, and – after I think I think like the first week it was, you know, doing really well for him. And it was like, Hey, can, you know, when we go cut these grass now, can we, can we have shirts? So I said, yeah, come on. I made them come in. They designed their shirts. Uh, you know, I showed them the print and how they do it. So now when they were cutting grass and stuff, they all, they both had shirts on, but he understood, you know, that it was, it's a business. I told him he, he was going to have to work for it. You know, it, it wouldn't be, I don't know. To me, it wouldn't, it it was an opportunity. I saw it like a light bulb went off. Like I could teach him. I know he see it. He sees it from me and his mom. My daughters do too. That you can be your own boss. Um, but this, I told him, like, listen, if you want, if you want some stuff, it, you know, you can work for it. Then you don't have to ask. So now these conversations look a lot different when my wife say, you know, he can we go to McDonald's? You got McDonald's money. It's a lot different when he say, yeah, oh yeah, I got my McDonald's. You know, yeah, All yeah. Right. it was Taco Taco Tuesday. He called my wife and said, hey, can you bring us ten tacos? I I give you money when you get home. So. It's, you know, he it's, it's, it's one of them things, those, those small things as a dad and stuff, you just kind of get proud and you say, okay, because later on, you know, it, it'll, it'll show up a lot later on. I always, my dad always had us hustling. You know, we, we just had that mentality of like, we got to hustle to go do it. So he saw it. He, you know, it's stuff you want. He going to do it. I'm pretty sure when the snow come, he going to turn it. So he, I said, y'all want to do something about grass cutting? He said, yeah, but I want it to be lawn services because I don't want to just be cutting grass. So, okay, well, you're not just cutting grass then. So when the snow and stuff comes, you're going to be walking with your shovel and or walking with the snowblower and getting you some extra money then too. I love it. I love it. So I'm probably going to take you back a little bit. You know, he's yeah. 13 now, so I, I hate I hate to do it to you, but <laughs> pre, pre, pre-time, you know what I mean? I know you had your dad in your life, so you had some guidance, you know, and you saw the way it should be done, but this is your this is your seed. This is your son. Was it ever? What was the nerves like? Excitement, nervous? Did you, you know, get antsy about it? Well, you know, take us through that. Like initially, like finding out she was pregnant. I think I was prob. I was ex- I was overexcited. Like I was just, and I yeah, it was. I mean, back then I was twenty one. I think she found out she was uh, 19, 18, 19. So who man? When she did, we went to the doctor together, uh, and. When they said, like, if she pregnant, I think we left. We found out my birthday is in February. We found out in February. It was like a birthday gift. I think I called my dad right away. I called my mom right away. I think we went and brought some shoes right away. I know we did. I think we still got the shoes. And she was like, well, how do you know it's going to be a boy? I said, it's going to be a boy. You know, so. <laughs> and we, uh, you know, it was I was excited because, again, for me, like, I loved the way my dad was with us. Even when, you know, my uh, my parents separated. We lived in a different state. Uh, the connection we had with our parents was always there. You know, my, my dad, my mom, no matter what. So I was excited. I wasn't, I was more nervous. I think telling, telling her dad that she was pregnant than anything. So it was, uh, excited. I think after that, it was just, you know, my wife was very adamant about, uh, Nehemiah, uh, since it's a biblical name and, we ended up giving him my first name as his middle name, or he would have been like the third or something, you know, Louis, uh, Louise Vasquez, the third, but I was excited. It was, I was just ready to be, you know, ready to be a dad. So, yeah. Love it. I'm loving it. I love it. Which was much different from, uh, much different. The twins was different. We were five years in, we was, uh, with a, with a son, we was good. It's just like, all right, now we got to, he already can use the bathroom by himself and everything, but, yeah, we got to, I had this one. That story is his story. I was just super excited because, you know, it's like the Huggies commercial. You know, when you start off, it's just like you want to do all this extra stuff. We bought him all these kind of shoes. We figured out he wasn't going to wear. So the twins, we didn't want to do that. But that story always so funny because with the twins, when we found when she thought she was pregnant, we go to the doctor again, but I had to be at work. So I tell her, like, listen, we just drive separate. We can get to the doctor at the same time. I sit there with you. So when we get there, you know, we sit and they say, 
all right, we're going to give you the test, man. She, I think, no, she come back and it's, yes, she's pregnant. So she's like, yeah. I have no idea why she was so adamant about having, like, an ultrasound, but she was. So they said, well, we didn't have you on the schedule for an ultrasound, but we can have, we can get you in in a little while. I told her, look, I got to go to work. I'm happy. I, you know, I'm happy I drove. So when I left, I get to work. She called me and she said, they gave me the ultrasound. No, she said the ultrasound. She said something. She just said, it's two. Matter of fact, that's what she said. When she called, she said, it's two. And I said, well, I'm happy I left because I had to be at work at 2.30. I wouldn't have been able to wait. She said, no, it's two babies. <laughs> so we, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, it, that one was more of a shock. So I think for a while, and I mean, it hit me so crazy. I have, uh, I think, three sets of twins, uh, like first cousins. And then she had two or three. But when she asked me, like, you got twins in your family? I'm like, no, nah, until she talked to my mom. And my mom, like, this boy must be crazy. And I said, you know, I just didn't think about it. It was so funny to me. I told her, oh, what was you taking, in vitro or something? And she, no, nah, she, she, yeah, she didn't like that. But it was, it was just a funny time. But I was, I wanted at least one girl. Because then, you know, you think, like, you get one boy, one girl, and then you'd be good. And they end up both being girls. I got you. I love it. So to keep going, man, to keep just, you know, celebrating and talking about the beautiful side of things. You're coming off an anniversary. You know, I don't think that gets talked talk about enough. Just, you know, I know we can go the other way to talk about the things and of making the marriage work and the sacrifices that you have to make. But what do you think anniversary year in, year out, showing your children, showing your friends and everybody, you know, us celebrating, being together, what do you think that does for your legacy? It's probably something I think about, uh, like, most most often. I mean, my parents were separated. We knew our parents loved us. You know, I didn't. I, you know, you have some people who they just like. When my parents divorced, it was very tough on us, and we was there. You know, and it was for us. It it kind of was what it was. Uh, it was three of us when they divorced. I think it played a part in probably how all of us kind of live our lives now, and then you know, however it affected everybody. But for me, my wife, her parents were together uh, before my father-in-law, uh, rest in peace, Big Ray, before he passed. Uh, I think something like forty years together. So when I met them that it was such a difference for me to see that they had been married so long. And in my eyes, I just was like, that's what I, that's what I, I wanted. My grandfather was married to uh, his wife, which is my grandmother, my step-grandmother Wanda for probably about the same amount of time, you know, and that's in my mind, that's the, the image that I had and I wanted. And I said, you know, if I, if, if it's possible to make it work, then I want to do that. And then, you know, it, it, I, it's always been in my mind, like the type of example that I'd be setting for uh, my son and my daughters. You know, this is this is how you take care of your home and your your wife, your kids. For my daughters, this is how, you know, a man should treat you. You know, they say like the a daughter's first love would be her dad. So it's, it's extremely important. So it's it's great to see. I mean, they used to have like my in-laws used to have a huge party for their anniversaries. And for us, I'm not a party person. I like to chill, but my wife, that's what she was used to seeing. She liked that stuff, you know, but this one we had, it was, it's, you know, COVID slowed a lot of stuff down, but it was good to have an intimate one, but it's just good because my kids were super excited. Uh, they were excited that they was able to keep a secret on what I got her and what she got me because uh, they can't hold water. So <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it's, it's good to show. And I, you know, to me, I, I think it's just good to even show, but beyond uh, my children. A lot of the stuff that I do and stay in Milwaukee for is because I want kids and people who look like me just know like, you this could happen. You know, this is something that can legitimately happen. And for me, you know, in the back of my mind, I always think we got married. I think I was 22. She was 20. You know, it's not unrealistic to say 40 years from now, I'd be 62 or we'll be 62. It should be 60 something that we can say, I've been married 40 years or 50 years. And you know, I hear it a lot from individuals who are older than me that this this doesn't happen a whole lot and you don't see young people do and it's you know, it's one of those things that me and her are you know, you work at. It's a it's a marriage. So you you continue to work, but we very, very conscious of the imagery that we show on our kids and what that means um, for them. All right. We almost there. So one more question before we get to the hot topics. Uh, sure. you are you are raising a teenage uh, a teenage son, you know, so what are the changes you want to see the city or the environment, the you know community? What are you? What are some of the changes you want to see them make to set him up for success? It, it's a it's a lot of stuff that you know that I feel like has to change. You know, like I said, I like he will be at the center Silver Spring Center as much as possible because he knew I grew up there, and I tell him like this is a lot different from when I grew up. But we needed those programs and stuff. I stayed 
you know, when we moved back here, me and my dad had me in summer stars as much as possible, but just programs that I think are more than just like, even just the sports stuff, you know, I see people talk like Draymond Green talk about having, you know, stuff that teach you financial literacy and how to balance a checkbook and, and stocks and bonds and stuff like that. I want to see, you know, money poured into, you know, helping, helping minority or, you know, what is like under underprivileged kids get, you know, exposure to stuff like coding and things like that. I think they're also, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to now. I just had a meeting with some individuals who are going to be graduating from the police academy. Um, I think there, there has to be, aside from just like the training and stuff change, it's just got to be more police officers and more individuals that look like us, who understand us, who, who don't see us necessarily as a threat as soon as they, as soon as we have an interaction. So the people who I see, I mean, these are people who I, I grew up with and I'm cool with and, I, and and they had some of the same struggles that I had and they're, they're there to, you know, affect change. So, I mean, it's a, it's a ton of, it's a ton of stuff, you know, and I'm, I would love to see the city of Milwaukee um, take away or take or, or step away from that uh, most segregated city in the United States kind of deal, you know, where we, we can start seeing some of these communities flourish and, and, you know, step into some some positive light instead of all this negative light that's being shown. I love it. All right. Now we stepping into the more of the barbershop style. You know, we all just chilling. We all and some flash up on this TV or somebody bring up something and we got these hot topics. So first off, this one is a little light and they probably gonna pick up, but talk of Deion Sanders possibly coaching at a uh, JSU. All right. Usually we get the talks of uh, Hoopers going to HBCUs and making a difference that way. But this is a football move uh, for HBCU. What are some thoughts about it, fellas? He'll definitely help. You know, he's, he's got this uh, skill set. He's, uh, you know, all of uh, you know, hey, he, he did everything for football and a, and, a, and a defensive back kickoff return. I think uh, it's a major move. And, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll flourish in it. He know how to communicate. Because I once met Deion. It was coaching the AAU team. We were, I think we're in Atlanta in the Peach Jam. And uh, he's a down-earth guy, and, I'm, and I know he's going to do well. I really think that's a great move for him to bring that kind of enlightenment on, on those young men that's going to be entering that uh, university. I agree. Uh, you know, Dion's been a mentor and a leader for a long time, you know, and uh, he's a real excellent teacher, can play the game, have knowledge of the game. Uh, I think it's going to really, really be an uh, excellent, excellent move for uh, D.I. and the kids. I, yeah. I you got to go ahead. No, no, you got uh, I was just going to say, I think it's a move to put HBCU football on the map more than anything. You know, usually you hear about the power fives and, and things like that. You really, really don't understand how significant it is to play in front of a band and, 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 and you know, all that stuff that, that really is similar to where the environment you come from, you know, and things like that, the family style. So um, I really like the move. I'm going to pass it to the guest, Luis. Yeah, I like it. I got uh, one of my nieces or my wife's niece went to uh, Jackson State. So, listen, it's it's prime time. You know, I mean, when, it, when you talk about some of these, like these other schools, uh, those names mean something when, you know, it, when you're recruiting kids, you know. And there's no way. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's. If you picked up a football, you played football or whatever. Hey, you probably sports period or baseball specifically and football that you can't respect prime time. You know, so I think that brings that's gonna help. And that's what sometimes you need is that the recruiters are, are for kids to come in and want to go to these schools. And then listen, you get some of these top top name kids to come to these schools. And those fans and and everybody else are gonna follow, and uh, and you know hopefully we can start seeing some of that money that these other these others you know these other teams and stuff see. You know I'm I'm excited that he uh, took the opportunity. Yes, love it. Second topic: What did you guys take most from the L.A. Clippers Denver Nuggets series? What what lesson needs to be learned there? Wow, jump in on that one right away. I always compare. <laughs> I always compare them guys. Uh, they they always lose, and the, the, the big one they never can get over the hump. Uh, just like Houston, the same way they they, they always got this big build up during the, uh, the season. But you got to keep that going all the way through. It seems like they get tired, or they mentally get tired when they come down to playoff time with a big game in the playoff time. The Clippers and Houston. And then you got a hungry team waiting in the wings. Imagine what they got to face next year with Utah 
up and coming in, in, in Denver. You know, you got you got to as a professional, you got to keep your head up. You know, you can't you can't look like you you beat down. That's what you can tell kids: keep your head up. And I know they've been told that all their career, but I learned, hey, you always got to be on top of your game. They got caught. It's, it's coaching, too. Don't get me wrong, coaching and players. But you're telling a grown man what to do, and they get on the court, and they don't execute. And you're already up 3-1. What, what's going on? You know, but, hey, it is what it is. I'm always for that underdog and that hungry team. Yeah, I see uh, quite a few things here, man. Uh, time management didn't help them. Uh, they needed more chemistry. Paul George is starting to be questionable. You know, it goes all the way back to playing with Westbrook and probably before that. And now he's he's not showing up to the big dance. Now it's, it, it's even more talk now when, you know, everybody know I'm a Leonard fan. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden it's, you know, Brian again. And we shouldn't have never put Leonard, which I never put him above Brian, but I just say he's up and coming. You know, he's up and coming. He's taking these teams and, you know, uh, uh, leading them to the uh, championship, you know. Now it's also a question, would he have been better off staying with Toronto? I just think that as far as going back to the Clippers, they never got chemistry. They never – they didn't play together long enough. And and, and, and they just – I they are assume – I'm assuming they thought their talent would just take them to the championship. You know, right. we can turn it on anytime we want to. And you see when you got a hungry team, what possibly can happen. So I'm going to pass it on, guys. I'm going to let Louise go and I'm going I'm to answer last. Yeah, this one, look, I'm a, I am a Kawhi Leonard fan. I would have arguments before they got onto the same team between him and PG. It looked good when PG dribble and do all, like he, he got sauce to it. You know, the sauce right. different. But right. Kawhi got the, he, it doesn't matter how it look, he get there. And this one, I think, I don't know that it's going to be like a, a huge blemish, but I was one. I said, look, it's no way you got the t- two of the top two-way players, you know, on one team that they're not going to be able to kind of pull this out. But, you know, like I, I think I heard somebody else say, when you're playing with house money, you just it's a little bit different. You know, that that Denver team is 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 just different. You know, when you, you yeah. come and you got Joker who, uh, you know, while he doesn't have the athleticism that a lot of individuals have, he polished. It's a, it just yeah. he polished, you know. Murray, listen, I don't, you know, but it's Clippers for sure. I think, I think I heard somebody say maybe it was twenty games where all of them actually played together before the bubble, and they weren't able to build that that type of team chemistry, you know. And people will say, well, you know, I think the Heat didn't win the first year with the big three, so they'll come back. But you know, as you start questioning, looking at, you know, Doc, who I think is like, maybe this is like the third time he's lost like a three-one lead or something like that. You know, you got to make. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of during this bubble and stuff that I looked at some of these losses and just thought like you know you you got to make certain adjustments to get y'all over the hump when it just can't be you know it can't be talent you know but that's I I'm not gonna lie like it's not a tough loss that's a, that's a that's a tough one because I don't think I, I I don't think it's as good as they are I don't think that they're gonna beat the Lakers and I always felt like this year that the Lakers versus Clippers was really going to be the championship game. And then unfortunately, whoever come out the East, but Miami looking good too, but that was, that's a, what they say, don't count your eggs before they hatch. That's what, that's what that taught me. That's what the, that's right. that Clippers, that Clippers lost taught me. Yeah. Right. What it taught, what my biggest takeaway from that, man, I hope that the younger generation take that away, man, never fold them, never back down. You know what I mean? Okay. Never. You know, never count yourself out. You know, they could have easily, man, them dudes could have easily caved it in and they could have been on their way to Cabo or wherever vacation they got planned and been on Instagram, been on Twitter, you know, living their life, finally excited to get out the bubble. But it meant more to them, you know, and you could tell, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I give more credit to what I took away from it to the Nuggets more than I do the Clippers. My takeaway from it on the side of the Clippers, uh, you know, about myself being an up-and-coming coach, I look at Doc, man, I, I... I see the flack he getting and I see the criticism he getting and I'm not saying it's warranted by no means, but it just, it just shows that much more to me of how much we really got to win when we get to those levels. And we can't, we can't just fold a golden opportunity like that because all the talent he got, you know, all the, all the talk around it, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta own that moment. You know, and I, I, I don't feel, I feel kind of bad for him, but I don't. Um, because that's the only way we're going to move forward in the profession of coaching is to win those win those games and win those things like that. So, yeah, man, 
All right. Mm-hmm. Got to win. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I know he's sick. Yep. Next one. Next top. We got two more and we almost done. Daniel House. All right. We're not going to talk about, you know, if my man <laughs> really did it. We're not going to talk about, you know, you know, if he if he was wrong or whatever. We don't know the, the, the guy like that, you know, to be talking <laughs> about business. But what do you say to your, your partner, your son, your, your, your nephew, whoever, that's that's putting a situation like that and you know how to just face up and own whatever happened. You know, what's the best advice you can give to somebody that's in that situation? Pause. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, let me tell you something. You know, those guys knew what what it was when they went down there. They knew the rules, they knew what was going on, you know, he's a grown man, he's a paid millionaire. Come on now, he you know. My, 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 you know, you're adding fun when it's supposed to be taking care of business. And you got to be able to separate it. And in this kind of condition, too, he putting other players at risk, putting himself at risk, putting the organization at risk. So, wow. I hear you, Uncle Rick. It's a a lot of stuff wrong with that picture. And he knew better. Don't take it easy on him. He knew better. I mean, you you, you always premeditated. You knew what you was going to do. You ain't just awesome, bam. I mean, it could have happened like that, but still right then and there. Oh, no, 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 no. I got the guys I call my buddies, my teammates, my guys, you know. See you to pass something on to them, like the pandemic or the, or the virus, so to speak. He would spread that through the whole team. He wouldn't have went and told them that lady was in the room, so I want y'all to get checked, man. I had a lady in the room. She got busted, you know. So when you don't tell her that, but, but you know, like I said, he's a grown man. He know he broke the rules, and he broke some harsh rules. That, you know, he... It's, it's just, he got to pay the price. You gotta, whatever they do, I mean, they might be a little real harsh on him. You know how they do. That's when it's us, but he should have known better. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump in there before you go, Pop. But uh, it just go back to, like, you guys have told me and my buddy so many times, man, just don't put yourself in that position. You know, yeah. I, it, it seemed kind of shady because other players' names was mentioned and then it wasn't mm. mentioned and he the one that mm. took the flag for it. But when you got what he got going on back at home, just don't put yourself in that position. You know, just don't do like, it. You don't do it. So go ahead, Pop. Well, son, I'm glad that you said that because you took the words out of my mouth. When I dropped you off in college, I told you, don't mess my name up, son. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you have done a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful job of it, you know, uh, keeping it uh, a legacy going. And, and, and I have always told you, my nephews and all your buddies, avoid those situations as much as possible. You know what I mean? Because as long, uh, long as you elevate your game, continue to elevate your game, there's opportunities like this going to always appear. It's going to happen. Uh, House is not the first. He won't be the last. You have to not put yourself in those predicaments because they're going to present themselves. I don't care where you're at. People, the local people now, they go to the clubs, it's married and all this that stuff still presents itself right today. You have to get away from that. And and, and, and and there's consequences to this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So I could go on and on about it, but to to, 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 to the listeners, just try to, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, it's tempting, but you cannot, you cannot put yourself in those predicaments. All right, Luis. I'm, I'm trying to, I, it, it broke up. I was taking my earphones off when y'all said the name, but I'm trying to catch, catch wind of, I'm, I'm guessing somebody got into some trouble with a with a woman. Daniel House. Daniel House for the Rockets. Oh, yeah. allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly, Luis. He uh, and a few other guys. A female, what came to the room, son? She was a and, she was, and Rick. She see the thing is, she was already in the bubble because she was administering the test for the to the people for COVID. Oh, and, uh, okay. I remember. Yeah, the the, yeah. the tester. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so now that you caught up, what do you think would be the best advice for you know somebody that get caught up in that situation? After you get caught up in the situation, or before? <laughs> Man, that's so true. You got to hit it from more angles, then, Louise. Huh? You got to hit it from more angles, then. Man, listen, I'm hoping they're listening to this uh, this episode because before before I even could gather all what y'all are talking about, I kind of figured like, hey, listen. Anytime somebody tell you like, you know, don't don't put yourself in this situation. Yeah, listen, we. It's it's hard, but man, y'all we ain't got we ain't got a whole lot of time in this bubble, man. Wait until you get out of <laughs> wait until you get out of this bubble. That's my that's How my thing. You gonna be? Mm. How slick right. do you think you're gonna be? You know, right. but right, right. 
Yeah, that's tough. When I read, I, I remember reading it. Yeah, so when I read it, it's just like, well, at least he, he didn't bring nobody. <laughs> he didn't, I guess, go get somebody new or something. She was already out there testing people, and he thought it might be a little bit easier. But look, but uh, he, uh what they say, you got. What do you think went on in the room? <laughs> Listen, I hope it wasn't that, uh, that Q-tip in the nose thing that they do to test for COVID. Uh, well, uh, you know, there are other things going on in the room. She didn't just come up there to do more yeah. testing. <laughs> oh, she was testing something right. else. <laughs> uh, Let me test that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, I think also, too, though, we can touch on this next time. I think it also go into the factor of eliminating the yes man in your circle. And we'll touch on that next time. But eventually, you got to have somebody that, that pull you to the side and say, man, you got this at stake. If you're going to be moving like that, you might want to you might want to reconsider. And I ain't saying nobody didn't tell them that, but it seems like you got to – it's a whole bunch of yes men sometime in, in the circles that go on when you're a celebrity. But I'm, I'm going to move mm -hmm. on from that. The last one we got is uh, that came out about his depression. His uh, anxiety about not getting, being able to get up to work out um, and, and, you know, perform during pre-COVID when his brother, you know, passed away through suicide and Skip Bayless out of everybody. We're not worried about Skip, but he came out and just said he's not trying to hear that Dak has a job to do with being the quarterback for America's team. So what do we what do we think about, you know, Dak coming out to just, you know, really just tell the people, man, he was dealing with that. And his teammates and, and 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 younger athletes. Wow, that that right there, and, and that shocked me also. That shocked me, you know, because when I looked at him, I said, "Look at the leader. Look at this great guy." And he had some inner problems. And um, you you figure anybody? I mean, you, it's a lot of pressure. Don't get me wrong. In a great organization that he played for, championships in the past, expectations, but. I don't know if the depression came from all that pressure from sports or he has some personal, some personal issues. I, I, I really not feel so that's, that's another mental health thing that's big in all areas. Like I said, the police, now you got Jack doing this and there's other people and even private people, people on, on our level, you know, they don't have that big of a platform. And, and, and you just wonder, and it, it touched my heart in a certain kind of way because I don't care what color, who you are, when you have mental health issues, and that that it, it brings you down, you know, lower than what what your what your expectations are. And then I just wonder. I, I I'm really stuck with this because I don't know, you know, what took him there. You know, I know he's making millions, and I know Skip Bayless, man. You know, I listen to him. But mental health, son, we have talked about numerous times is serious. But that was his sibling, man. That was it. I mean, Dak and lost his mom, and then uh, to lose his brother. That's tough, man. That's tough. You know, I got, I, I know someone that, that I'm close to and they lost their mom. Well, he lost his mom. Then he lost his girlfriend and he just never rebounded. He, he's, 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 he's still living, but he just, the motivation is gone. It's sucked out of him. I don't care how much you talk to him and have him talk to people. It just, it, it, you know, so it affects different people. I know eventually he's got to move forward, but uh, I'm glad that he came out with it. Because you don't know what people is dealing with these days, right, man. Right. You know what I mean? Internally, you know what I'm saying? So I I, I commend him. I do. I, I'll jump in too. It made me it made me like look at him as Uncle Rick looked at him. It looked at him as more of a leader. You know what I mean? Because he's opening up and talking about something vulnerable to him and he's giving his teammates the opportunity to be there for him, which you don't see that a lot. You know, and also think back to the Stephon Marbury documentary that's on Netflix as well. And he he didn't come out and say what was going on with him in pivotal times when he was with the Knicks. Yeah. And I, what was it? His dad passed passed was his dad that passed away? Yeah, it was his dad. And he started acting out and he started doing everybody wondering what's going on with him, you know, and, and why he doing this and doing that. And you know, it, it's because of things like that. And I, you know, I think back to it. Going to college is a tough thing because when you go to college and you go to try to play the game you love, it's not like the people that you have done it in front of your entire life is there. So then you talk about that situation, about the people actually dying and not being there permanently. It is it is going to change the outlook of the game and actually, you know, you're going to question what are you doing this for, you know. So I'm just glad he's still in the fight and I'm glad he's still, you know, giving people opportunity to be there for him while being, being an advocate for, for mental health. So Yeah, I think the – it's important, and it, I think it's been talked about more more recently and uh, more often than it had been prior because uh, I think it was always a stigma when it came to, like, this mental health thing, but it's serious, you know, like you talk about. So 
this affects so many people in so many different ways. And for a long time, probably athletes, specifically, you know, black people, black individuals, black males, it's it's tough because you know you know it's, it's something you don't want to you don't want to usually come out and say it because you don't want to be weak so you left to kind of deal with this thing internally but it's an internal problem you know you can't you can't help yourself you can't and no one can help you if you don't tell somebody that you need help it's a big step to say that you know it's a big step to jump out and say this is what I'm dealing with you know this is what it feels like and then needing to I think that's probably like a burden lifted off your chest. But then for, I'm sure there's going to be individuals who are walking. I'm sure individual like I like Kevin Love when he talked about his uh, his issues and people just kind of dealing with the mental health just in general and stuff and the anxiety that you go through as as a public figure and then living up to these expectations. It's tough. It's tough. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, this, this starts more something for him after this conversation starts for him to be able to go out get help and, 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 you know, change the trajectory of his life. Cause that's a tough thing to wake up in every day. Cause for sometimes, you know, from my end, I look at it probably, and a lot of people did probably, you know, he physically gifted, he got a, mu- a bunch of money, but you know, you hear that a lot of times that that don't, that is not what always make you happy, you know? So, and I don't, you know, I got a few little brothers and, uh, you know, and some siblings. So if it, it was to happen, something like that to me, but I'm, I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't be right in the mind and I ain't gotta be, America's uh, nothing, you know. I'm not waking up and I'm putting on <laughs> Cowboys anything, but uh, it'll be hard for me to want to perform and be at my best, you know, kind of dealing with that stuff inside. Thank you. All Thank human you. beings. Thank you for hitting the hot topics. All right. Uh, listeners, man, we, we didn't took y'all through something. I hope you guys enjoy Luis, man. I'm going to give him a second to shout out the, the business that he's doing and the work he's doing, but I also want him to give a message to his son, you know, to with one minute, Two minutes at the max, please just give a listen, son, message to your son. And if you want to include his friends or your little brothers, whoever you want to include, just give them a quick, quick message so that they know um, they got something to take take home with them from you. But uh, before that, just like, subscribe, share, comment, do whatever it takes, man, to get this platform to somebody who needs it. You know, somebody we're not talking like Dak Prescott, but we're talking a young man who goes home every day. No mom, you know, no dad in the picture. Mom doing all she can do. He doing all he can do. Um, and he just needs somebody to notice him. He just needs somebody uh, to give him some guidance, man. That's who we trying to reach, man. And, and to the fathers and sons that are close out there, use this time to bond. Use this time to strengthen your relationship and talk about some things we talk about on the show. So that's just really all what we out to do. So I'm going to stop rambling. I'm going to give Luis a chance to bring it up. Hey, listen, what it, I, I think, I, man, I probably say to my son, I say this a lot, uh, and my nephews and stuff, because it's a bunch of them running around. And anybody who around, like, well, my son, I am, every day I'm raising him to be a better person uh, than I am. So I want you to be, I think in every aspect of my life, I'm raising my son to be better than I am. So, you know, as much as he think I could play basketball, I'm waiting for the day he could beat me at basketball. Uh, I want him to be a better businessman than me. I want him to be a better father than me. You know, I want him to be a better husband than me. And that's why, um, you know, and I tell him all the time, this is the reason why I am on you like I am, you know. I, I'm, I'm going to be the cool dad, you know, a lot of the time. But uh, it's, it's my job to make sure that you are uh, prepared for the world and that you're going to be a positive, you know, influence uh, in society. So I'm going to do that first. The second part is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to have you compete with me for the rest of your life, I want you to be better than me. And anything that you, anything that you think I can do, that you're proud of me and that you like that I do, I want you to do that better than me. Thanks once again, my fraternity and sorority of listeners of Listen Son Podcast. Please, women and men, please like, subscribe, and share. Continue to support our goals to connect untold special real-life stories.